You're listening to The Melting Pot on WERALP Arlington, where we learn about Arlington through what people eat. I'm your host, Mel Chang. Lebanese Taverna opened more than 30 years ago in Arlington, and Lebanese food has been part of the community ever since. I'll be talking to one of the restaurant's owners later in this episode. But before we get to that, Arlingtonians may know my first guest from his viral rap video. Yep, that's Remy Manasafi, and he has a lot of songs out there. Many of them are about food, Lebanese food specifically. I'm all about that paste, about that paste, that hummus. I'm all about that paste, about that. Remy's dad was born in Iraq, and his mom is from Lebanon. The comedian grew up in McLean, but says he often tagged along on his dad's surgical rounds at the Virginia Hospital Center on weekends. He joined me in the studio to talk about the foods he grew up eating. My mom would uh, would cook basically, um, you know, dinner uh, every night when we were growing up. So a lot of Lebanese food, lots of um, grape leaves, hummus, uh, kibbe, um, eggplant related dishes. You know, there was you know, you know baba ganoush, uh, feta betanjan, which is like a, sort of like a cooked uh, eggplant with yogurt and stuff like that, and always something. Something Lebanese on the menu, and was this because this is was her prefer your her preference for food? Was there options to go out to eat, or well, back then I guess there weren't that many Lebanese restaurants. There was the Taverna, Lebanese Taverna mm-hmm. on Washington Boulevard, and I think that was like the first Lebanese restaurant. When my sister was born, we just went and picked up a bunch of food from there, and and uh, ate that for for a few days. And I remember when like the first like Moby Dick appeared and we're like you could you can go to this to the place and eat kebab and you know like now there's just like kebab everywhere yeah, but it, yeah kebab. like you know 20 30 years ago wasn't wasn't the case uh, as far as eating lebanese food largely it was done at home there weren't multiple options like there are now and did you fight it or did you le- did you prefer it as a kid i don't think i appreciated it as much as i do now it was just like well this is what you do this is you know this is everybody grows up and their mom makes grape leaves and then you eat them and you know it was just now you know she she still cause she doesn't cook, cook every uh, night but you know once a week uh, you know maybe she'll uh, she'll cook or something like that but when she does it's uh, you really appreciate it it's also a labor intensive food to to it produce is. you know you're like uh, talking about grape leaves you know you sit there and you roll each one individually it's not like a mush or something like that, you know, like making mac and cheese or something like that, where you right. just, everything's just in a big heap. What inspires you for your different songs? Because you have a, a lot of them on Lebanese food, I've noticed. Yeah, I, I, honestly, it was, uh, it wasn't originally really intentional. And it wasn't even something that I noticed until somebody brought it up. It's like, why are all your songs about food? And I was like, what? <laughs> and I'm just going through mentally, like, you know, taking inventory of what I'd done to that point. And I'm like, oh my gosh. They are. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just uh, m- most of my stuff comes from whatever sort of song I'm singing in my head. Uh, I think a lot of people could like and you know, you, you know, when you're in the shower and you're yeah. just humming something. Uh, I just happen to just think keep about, going with it. And I think keep, about food a lot. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm food oriented for sure. For sure. I, I, I do like eating. <laughs> I'm a fan of eating. I don't I don't really collect anything. I don't spend uh, a lot of money or time doing much else, but I do like going out to eat and stuff like that. 
And you, you you not only have one song about hummus, but I think you had three different songs about hummus. Three? Okay. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, this song is about hummus. This. That's one. right. Actually, yeah. I have the hummus <laughs> rap, and yeah. I have all about that paste. Yeah. And then chicken um, wings and hummus. Chicken wings and hummus. Okay. I was like, what was the third one? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, what are your feelings on hummus? Store bought? Would you eat store bought hummus? I, I would. I mean, I I, I have a the a song called "All About That Paste" where it's very um, opinionated anti store bought hummus yeah. uh, thing. But uh, I think in real life, I'm not much of a stickler or a purist. But uh, as far as what I prefer, oh, of course, especially now. I mean, if you live in an uh, any uh, an area with any sort of uh, population. You know, we're talking five figures. You you should probably be able to find some sort of authentic hummus yeah. uh, where you're at and uh, with uh, a good amount of tahini. Yeah. Tahini, I think, is is what they normally are cutting back on when you buy uh, a grocery store hummus, where it's just like kind of like a mashed chickpea and nobody yeah. really likes it. And, like, and oh. I've even seen tahini-free hummus at Trader Joe's, which I was like, how does that, what is that? No, that's <laughs> like, yeah, on frozen ice. It, it, it's like a oxymoron. Now, I think, it, yeah, one of the songs you said, you can't, you don't want to put carrots in it. Uh, that I mean. Oh, yeah, you do mean. I do mean that. Uh, Wh- I, why so? Because I'm just as a person unhealthy. <laughs> I like pita bread. <laughs> I don't want a vegetable in my hummus. My wife likes to dip vegetables in hummus. And it's a point of contention for us. No, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the foods that you talk about are a little more unknown. Is it Kabil? How do I say this? It's a. It starts with a K. Kibbeneya. Yeah. Kibbeneya. Oh, Kibbeneya. What, what oh is that? Oh my gosh, Kibbeneya is like, it's like you start making kibbe, but you stop like halfway through. It's just raw meat, and uh, cracked wheat and spices. It's basically just like a, uh, like tartare. Yeah. It's like a tartare. It's like a Lebanese tartare. So, uh, you you'd have uh, beef. Uh, that you would grind up, and then you yeah. put some cracked wheat in it, and and you know some spices, some some pureed you know onion yeah. and everything like that. Uh, but then then that's it. Then you just put some olive oil on it and and uh, go to town. Do you ever get sick from eating that? Not yet, not okay. yet. I've never gotten sick. Uh, I could certainly see how it would be possible to get sick. Yeah. Uh, but I it's not happened to me, and okay. I've been I've I've been eating it. Gee, I mean, since I was pretty young. But not all the time. I mean, I don't, don't I don't eat it all the time. I mean, it's like a kind of a pain. My mom has made it. Uh, well, and a number I don't even times. know how how would you make it? Because where would you probably have to get a higher quality beef if you're eating it raw? So what she does is she'll go to the butcher and and tell them what she's doing with the beef. Oh. And I don't know if that's just for like a mental I'm going to feel better about this or if they're like oh I'll give you the good you know the the good stuff or something like that but she'll get she gets steak not she won't get ground beef she'll get steak oh uh, like a sirloin or filet mignon probably even like a higher quality yeah and then then at least I, I don't understand the the pathogen aspect but at least if it's a steak my, my understanding is like something like E. coli can't penetrate the surface of a raw Right, right. Steak, but if you bought the ground beef, then you don't know where the edges are, and it's all mixed together. Oh, so at I least see. if you start with that, and then you're keeping everything cold to begin with. But I mean, like you're definitely rolling the dice a little bit, right? For sure. Now you had a song about baklava, which I mm-hmm. traditionally think is Greek. I guess is a baklava everywhere. I guess it's like just maybe like a Mediterranean thing. I don't okay. know. Yeah. Maybe it's just like uh, somebody came up with it, and then just like all these port cities are just like, yeah, that's good. What is that? <laughs> Flaky sugar. I like it. Yeah, when we were in Lebanon, they had some really good 
baklava. Oh do my you, gosh. Do you um, have you traveled to Lebanon a lot? A couple times. So, uh, so when the Iraq War started, my my dad's mom was my only remaining grandparent at the time, and a lot of his family moved from uh, Iraq to Beirut, mm. um, and that was cool because you know we could go to Beirut, you know the flights to Baghdad a little, yeah, right, <laughs> a little <different>. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I was like, oh yeah, so the, they live there now, so let's go uh, see her. So we would go in the summer to see her. We did that a couple times before she passed away, but it was so much fun. It was so much fun, and uh, we got to see a lot of family we didn't, didn't have, and they were close to the water. Unfortunately, they were also close to some bombs. So. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, I don't, I don't know if everyone's vacationing in Beirut. Like, yeah. when you say fun. Well, I mean, like... yeah, you talk about rolling the dice. Uh, <laughs> the last time we were there, we left on Sunday, and then on Tuesday, like, a war broke out, and they, oh like, bombed the airport. This was 2006, and uh, they, they bombed the runway. We had some other people that were uh, friends that were there who couldn't get out. They had to take, like, a boat to Cyprus oh or gosh. something like that and get uh, try to get home. How would you say the food there compares to Lebanese food here? I mean, is is what we're getting in this area authentic? It was so good. And I, I was a little cautious about what I ate because I, I didn't want to get any sort of illness. So I didn't go really heavy on any sort of greens or anything like that. So I can't sp- speak um, categorically. But I will say that uh, the Lebanese food around here, uh, certainly in the D.C. area, is great. Yeah. And, and a, a lot of times very comparable. Uh, we've been eating at this place over in Falls Church that's relatively new, uh, Rauche Cafe, and they've got like a baba ganoush that is, I mean, it's just on uh, on point. I don't know what the right term would be, but it's yeah. like comparable to what I had over there, like the, oh, really? the same taste, which yeah. I didn't know existed. I just, uh, I didn't know that was what baba ganoush was supposed to taste like, but... Um, it was good. Do you eat Lebanese food at home now? Yes, still do. I, my wife's not Lebanese. Okay. Uh, I try to prepare some Lebanese food, but uh, it is, like I, like I was saying, it was labor intensive. You know, I tried to make tabbouleh. I mean, my, my mom makes great tabbouleh. And what's, what, what, is, what are you putting in yours? So you, you start with like the parsley and then you, you, you got to like pick the leaves. She picks the leaves off the parsley and like the whole thing is parsley. So it's just like a ton of parsley. And I was <laughs> like, it's like, it's like an hours long process to make a salad. <laughs> it's intense. Yeah. So it's part, well, there's tomato and onion, tomato and onion. And I mean, cracked wheat. I'm saying this out loud. I guess they just throw <laughs> cracked wheat and everything <laughs> in Lebanon. <laughs> I guess lastly, what is a uh, comfort food for you? It's uh it's hummus. It's it? kebab. I love kebab. I love hummus. I love rice, white rice. Uh that that is definitely that is definitely the comfort food. Um something that my mom makes for sure. Uh but uh those are like the flavors and they, all, all that stuff goes well together. You know, yeah. you just get any combination of yeah. tabbouleh and hummus and rice and kebab and it's just perfect. And um yeah, it's it's a great time to be alive. You can pick that stuff up now. You don't have to sit there and chop parsley like a machine for an hour. <laughs> Remy, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. The conversation about hummus continues with my interview with Lebanese Taverna. Stay tuned.
Lebanese Taverna began in the late 70s when Tanyos and Marie Abinajem and their five children left Lebanon to escape the civil war there. They started a new life in Arlington and bought the Athenian Taverna in Westover. But it wasn't long before customers requested what the owners were eating over the pizza and subs on the menu. Today, the family owns and operates 12 locations all around the D.C. metro area. I met with co-owner Grace Abinajem Shea in the original Lebanese Taverna location. She told me why she thinks the transition to a Lebanese menu went so smoothly. But that's actually one of the great things about Lebanese food is it's using ingredients that people are familiar with and just making fresh food, you know, garlic, lemon, olive oil. It's not, I, I, I try to compare it sometimes to Indian food. Indian is a lot more exotic in the sense that it's unusual spices and ingredients. With Lebanese food, you really don't have many ingredients that are so unusual. And I think that's why it appeals to a large array of people. And what was the reception like then after you switched? Did you keep the pizza still on the menu at some, like for a little bit? For a lot bit. <laughs> um, I think for the first 20, I mean, at least 20 years we had pizza, if not 25. And actually at this location, particularly the souvlaki, the moussaka, some of the Greek specialties uh-huh. stayed on. And till this day, we still have people coming in and asking for the moussaka that my mom made. So, which was a handed down recipe from the people that owned it before. So yes, the reception was great. People loved it. What are the most popular items? Hummus, baba, tabbouleh, grape leaves. I, I forgot grape leaves. Falafel, kibbe, and then lamb. Lamb kebabs, uh, lamb feta, which is a yogurt dish with lamb. Lamb stews. We have an artichoke and lamb stew. Um, the lamb shank. But we then we have things, you know, the chicken kebabs are great for people that might not be as adventurous. They're pretty simple, um, but flavorful chicken. There is a lot of lamb on your menu. Did that take some introduction or take time for people to kind of catch on to that? Because it's not widely available, although nowadays it, it is a lot more. More. So, yeah. more so. I think they come looking for it. Hmm. And, you know, we use really high-quality lamb. We use uh, American lamb, you know, either from Colorado or from Pennsylvania. And so I think the people that associate it with, like, gamey lamb or, you know, we, we don't have that type of lamb. And we've actually had customers get quite angry with us telling us that what they ate was beef and not lamb because there's no way that lamb could be that good and we're trying to dupe them. <laughs> and and I'm like, no, no, I promise you it's lamb. You know, we just marinate, you know, it's just prepared well. And so, and I, I do have to admit, when I go out to eat, I don't ever get lamb because I get my lamb here and I don't think it's, you know, uh-huh. like a lamb chop, it's, people see that as like a very elevated entree. And I think there's so many other things, more interesting things you can do with lamb that, we, you know, like we, like we do. We have to talk about hummus. And I, I really do love your hummus. And I, I feel like it doesn't taste the same as if I bought something at the store. Why is that? Well, I hope it doesn't taste the same as at the store. I mean, that's a compliment right there. So, yes, uh, everything's different about it. You know, Lebanese hummus, traditional hummus, has five ingredients and nothing else. It's garlic, lemon salt, tahini, and chickpeas. Those are the only things that go into the actual hummus. And yes, our hummus takes two days to make. We use dry, really? we use dry chickpeas, we soak them overnight, we cook them for several hours, we cool them, and then we start making our hummus. And we use tahini imported from Lebanon, which is very different than American tahini. Um, so there, and we use Lebanese olive oil when we're 
on top because in Lebanon there's no olive oil in hummus. There's no cumin. There's no you know. So it's it's a it's a much pure product I I think, and it's really about balance, right? It shouldn't be too garlicky. It shouldn't be too lemony. It should be just the, letting the chickpea and the tahini kind of marry with the lemon and the garlic to bring this this flavor together. And so taking the time to take care of the chickpeas ahead of time before you even start making it is really what makes the difference. Oh, that's, that's so interesting. And, and of course, we use no preservatives. So our hummus lasts three to four days, where the, the grocery store, even though there's natural preservatives like citric acid, it's still a preservative. And food that lasts more than a few days is... Right. There has to be something in it to right. make it stay that long. Yeah. Has this recipe changed since you started? I mean, I feel like it's evolved. I feel like you have more than one kind of hummus on the menu. Was it always like that? So in Lebanon, the way it works is you only have one type of hummus, and you top it with things. So in Lebanon, we have, uh, and it's been on the menu since the original menu. It's called hummus special. It was just the name that was given to it, and it's hummus with ground beef and lamb on top of it. That's how it's done in Lebanon. You have the one with the meat topping. You have the one with, like, pine nuts on top of it. So in Lebanon, we top the hummus with different things. You don't mix it in, and there aren't different flavors. And there's only a few things that you do that. The, the meat, sometimes the shawarma pine nuts, sometimes whole chickpeas go inside. That's a very common topping for the hummus. Uh, so about eight years ago, when the hummus, this whole hummus thing started, which we did do it 20, <laughs> 39 years ago, so we figured we need kind of to adapt. And that's when we started with the spicy hummus and the garlic hummus and the regular hummus, and then putting different things on it. So now you can have a sampler that has the meat, the shawarma, the tomato and feta, and you can kind of play with your hummus and use a different base and topping, and even different dippers. Like now you can get rice crackers and our pita bread or veggie sticks, or you know, kind of adapting to all the different dietary concerns, preferences, and, and so on. And with regard to the shawarma, can you explain, I guess, what shawarma is? Because it's a little different than just a kebab, right? Oh, it's very different. And I think people most often compare it to a gyro. Mm. Although the gyros, most of the gyros you see here in the States are a processed frozen block of meat that's put on a vertical rotisserie and then shaved off into these long strips. A shawarma is different in the sense that it's layers of meat so you take one chicken breast and you skewer it and you keep skewering them until you build it up so it's not nothing's processed about it it's just marinated either beef lamb or chicken that's skewered on this rotisserie until it's built up and then it's slowly roasted on on the spit that it comes on i don't know if you know mexican food tacos al pastor yeah is actually a Lebanese influence in Mexico. Oh, really? So the origins of Tacos al Pastor are from Lebanon. Huh. The Lebanese that were in Mexico, instead of having beef or chicken, they used the pork, which was the common meat in, uh-huh. in Mexico, and they created Tacos al Pastor. And the shawarma that you have, I know you have chicken, but it's traditionally lamb. Is that kind of, or? They're both. Oh, I mean, really? it's actually, tr- the most traditional is chicken oh. and then beef. Okay. And, and the beef, so um, ours is beef with lamb fat. That gives it some of the extra flavor. 
um, in Lebanon, you will see all lamb, but actually chicken's probably the one of the most popular in Lebanon, huh. and it's served with the garlic sauce, which is very... Um, yeah, le- what is in that? <laughs> that is the most delicious part of the whole sandwich for me, and then I like, I always wanted like an extra one on the side for my french fries. What's in it? Because it looks like mayonnaise almost. It's interesting. That garlic sauce has like a cult following. Like, it, I think it has its own Facebook page. Um, and you're right. People think it has dairy in it. They think it's, you know, mayonnaise and it's actually vegan. So it has no eggs. It has no, it's just garlic and oil with a touch of lemon juice. And the way it's made is like a mayonnaise. So you puree the garlic and you slowly add the oil in it and it emulsifies and create and builds. You really you can do it in a food processor, although ours are much bigger and kind of stronger and makes it a little bit fluffier when you make it at home. You don't get the exact same consistency, but you can get pretty close. Mm. And I'll just make a little plug here. We do have cooking classes that where you can learn. Yes. You can learn to uh, make the garlic sauce. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what do you guys teach in the cooking classes? Because it's, it's actually kind of amazing that we've gone from in Arlington to having no Lebanese food to actually people wanting to learn how to make the food. Well, I, we've had the classes for over 25 years now. Oh, really? Yeah, Yeah, we've had the classes for a long time. When we started them, no one was doing cooking classes. There was no cooking schools. There was no sur la table. There was, no, there was none of those things. So we have a monthly menu for the cooking classes that changes. And we do, it's called LT101, Lebanese Serrano 101, is our, probably our most popular menu. We do hummus, the chicken shawarma, the garlic sauce. Um, and those classes usually fill up the quickest out of all the other menus. And we also do private classes. And I would say that's probably the hummus and the garlic sauce are probably the top two items that because you get to select your own menu for the private classes. And those are usually the items that get selected the most. The meza section on your menu, I never know what to do with that. <laughs> is it like, is it an appetizer or do I make a meal out of it? How do I, how do you, how should we approach that? Absolutely. So in Lebanon, traditional Lebanese food, it's an appetizer, but it's a really big appetizer. So normally you would have a table, say, of four. You would order ten appetizers and kind of all share um, in those appetizers. And then you might get an entree, but it's going to be a much smaller part of the meal. So it's kind of reversed, Uh where the meza is the bulk and then the, the entrees would be, you know, some some kebabs, but not a full entree per person. It would be, you know, kind of, again, shared and a less... The entree is smaller portions than okay. the meza. The meza is usually a bigger part of yeah, the meal. they look very heavy for just, like, a simple... It's not like a salad. It's, or, you know... No, no. I mean, you have kibbe, which are fried meatballs. You have sausages. You have... Um, tabula and hummus and baba and you have all that bread I mean yeah I mean how do you not fill up on that bread I I have to work very hard to like maintain myself because that bread is so good um, which is you know we make it to order per per table so it's it's really fresh and and I just garlic sauce hummus and the pita bread and I'm done <laughs> if I wanted to move beyond hummus what do you recommend I try then from that from your menu, because I, I will be honest. Usually, I come in. I always get hummus and shawarma. So, but I know I need to kind of expand. Yes, you and eighty percent of the population. <laughs> One of my favorites is kibbe. Um, kibbe is the, is actually a great kid food. They're um, they're, they're shaped like footballs, so the kids think that's fun, and they're basically fried meatballs. It's um, 
meat shell, meat and bulgur wheat. So, you know, you have that healthy component. We haven't talked much about that, but Lebanese cuisine really is healthy um, to the extent that we only use olive oil. We don't use fats like butter or lard. Yeah, you know, I noticed that too. I think I even emailed you once because my son has a dairy allergy and it's actually very friendly for people with dairy allergies. It's interesting because the cuisine is in general, it's such an ancient cuisine that they didn't have refrigerators. Mm. So a lot of the food is naturally vegan and gluten-free. And so we're able to really um, accommodate a lot of dietary concerns um, for our customers because it's just naturally that way. And I, you know, you're not making like tofu hot dog, right? Like you're not creating something that it's not. Tabbouleh is tabbouleh, um, uh, lubia, which is the green beans with garlic. Or, you know, everything is what it is. We're not changing it to make it suit that dietary concern. So, and, and you can be a vegan and eat really, really well here, and you can be a meat lover and eat really, really well here. So, that really is um, a nice thing about. The, and I know I don't take credit as Lebanese to run it for that. That is the cuisine of, in and of itself. Part of it is also that Lebanon has a long, large Christian population, and so during Lent they don't eat meat. Mm. So they take, they make a lot of the dishes meat-free for that time. So like grape leaves, you can make them with meat or without meat. So they have the Lenten version, which is without meat, or the version that is um, the rest of the year. Same with like the stews, like the artichoke and lamb stew or the, the green bean stew that has lamb in it. During Lent, they just make it without lamb. Lastly, and I know this is going to be a tough question, I guess of all the things on your menu, what is your favorite? And maybe... Maybe favorite for right now, if you can't say all time. You know, it's my favorite because I eat it every day, and that's hummus. I mean, like, I always have it in my refrigerator. Of course, I have access to it all the time, so I'm always bringing home fresh hummus. Everyone in my family loves to eat it. My husband's a vegetarian, so, you know, that works well for him. My kids love it. It's a great snack with either pretzels or carrot sticks. It's just one of those things that we consume a lot of. Now, my favorite, like, the the thing that I go, ooh, ah, I can't, you know, I would have to say are the camel wings. Um, the what? <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I know. We say camel wings, and people are like, what? Well, buffalo wings are made from buffalo, <laughs> are they? Okay. <laughs> so it's our take on buffalo wings. They're chicken wings. but they're Is that Lebanese? Absolutely. I mean, we have chickens in Lebanon. Okay, right, right, right. <laughs> and so we With have... the flavoring. Yeah, it's garlic, lemon, olive oil, cilantro. Oh, okay. Um, and they're so good. And my kids love them, and I love them. And when they're made perfect, they are so good. It's, I, I call it the Holy Trinity. <laughs> we use garlic, lemon, and olive oil like for everything. And it makes salads great. It makes marinades great. It makes, it makes so many things great. And the chicken wings are one of them. I Ooh. highly recommend you Ooh. try those. I time. will have to try them. They sound delicious. Grace, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you so much, and I hope to see you in the restaurant soon. I posted links to the websites for Remy and Lebanese Taverna on my Facebook page, Arlington Melting Pot. You can find links to this episode and older ones on there as well. Today's episode featured music courtesy of Remy Manasafi, Scott Holmes, and the Thanks for tuning into The Melting Pot on WERALP 89.1.